A crackle of thunder startled Peter from his concentration. At his desk, he was reading a series of articles on hydrology posted on a university website. He thought of the lightning, waited, but caught sight of nearby flashes. More peals came and signaled time to turn off the computer. Since paper was scarce, as it was expensive in Europe, and he lacked funds to print the many articles, he exclusively relied upon his internet connection. Thus, if his PC went out of service, he could do nothing. With no one in the office, Peter flung his head back and arched his spine high to stretch the tension out of his shoulders caused from his communist-era-made chair. The swivel and its clockworks had long since broken. Outside, the light dwindled in the fast-approaching thunderstorm while the uncongenial computer lifelessly sat on his desk. Safe in his office from the forthcoming downpour, Peter drew close to the window nearest his desk to watch the shifting squalls. Indeed, the rains could provide him late afternoon entertainment. Up the street, St. Andrew's Hill was alive in the fresh wind. Blue-gray clouds fell upon Volodymyrska Hill above the Dnieper River as the trees swayed wildly in their hedonistic dances. The wind whipped up debris, mostly leaves and paper trash, and flung it about the buildings and walkways below him. He opened the window to let out the stale air while moist, cool air charged in. The city needed a good storm. As the cold air, charged in the west, hit the warm thermals, the gale intensified and thoroughly scoured Kiev in its downpour. Peter opened the window more, but it was too much, and a burst blew in cold rain upon him. As he watched in fascination, his body relaxed, and for an unknown reason he returned to his calendar. Exactly two months had passed since he had started his project. In his monotony of work, he had traveled only between Kiev and Lviv, mostly by train and once by the express. From the train's moving observation window, he witnessed old cities, tidy farms, and quaint streets. Inside the train, however, he could experience none of those things. In spare moments, he had read about the many wonderful places in Ukraine, wooden churches, mountains, rural towns, and an active seaside. The land beckoned. Tomorrow, he mused, perhaps he would give himself to travel. It wasn't the calendar that had stirred something inside him. Rather, it was the storm. He remembered a moment when, as a child on one wild day, he stood high on an old tree stump and reached his hands into the air. Nearby, a thunderbolt struck a hill of trees. He wasn't afraid, but rather exhilarated. From then onward, whenever the wind happened to blow, a desire to break free, to run like a wild child, filled him. Peter watched the fire snakes pierce the air above Perchesk Hills, which sat above the lava caves used as catacombs for long-dead monks, another place he had not been. The clouds billowed from dark blue to light gray, and then back again, rolling over onto each other like an ethereal surfing crash onto the shore. The streets filled with water as feral rivulets worked their way through the cobblestones. In moments, more water, collected from the higher streets, would sweep through. Another breeze, this time cooler yet, blew through Peter's office, and he hoped that the heat wave was finally over. However, the more he pondered a trip, the more despondent he felt as he was alone with no one to go with him. He imagined Liliana. 
Over the last six days, they had formed a comfortable acquaintance when Liliana had stopped to greet him on her way to water the flower in the pot floors above. The Tears of Persia, the name she called it, had become a surrogate child for them, their mutual happy joke. Nevertheless, Peter had not yet asked her to join him even for coffee together. Without the distraction of his work, Peter began to think, perhaps today. He reasoned to himself, well, the coffee shops will not be full because of the storm. Peter badly wanted to go somewhere. Perhaps we could have coffee inside. Won't they close the outside tables? He told himself. The work could wait. He grabbed his umbrella, dialed her number on his cell phone, closed the window, and attacked the stairs. From the other side of the entrance, while attempting to answer Peter's call, Liliana nearly pushed him over as she raced into the building to avoid getting soaked. She was on her way to the daily watering. The door bumped into Peter, and Liliana stumbled into the entry hall. Weibekte, Liliana offered, but seeing it was Dr. Williams, she repeated the apology in English. Peter was fine, but Liliana went on apologizing. Tell you what, Peter finally said, I'll forgive you only if you have a coffee with me this minute. Liliana was not sure if he was serious or using a humorous Americanism, and she laughed out of her uncertainty. Uh, yes, please, Peter continued. I'm on my way now. His sincere smile convinced her. As friends, he felt he could press the issue, but he added, And I've checked the plant and given it some water already. Our little green child as well, he added with a flash of teeth. For Liliana, a coffee and time with Peter would be pleasant. Furthermore, the rain had temporarily discontinued her errands. Under Peter's umbrella, they skated over the puddles of fresh rain and pushed through the door of one of Kiev's best coffee shops nearest Liliana's office. To Peter's delight, it doubled as a coffee shop and a sweet shop featuring classic cakes, babkas, and torts. However, both Peter and Liliana opted for the decadent ice cream alongside their espressos. Inside, they talked, watched the rain weaken and strengthen in cycles. They spied the wet walkers stumble through the streets as they navigated the torrents. They talked until the rain stopped and the ice cream was gone. Eventually, Peter mentioned his desire to get away for a day, a drive to somewhere old and lost. I need to leave if only for the drive, Peter explained. I need to be refreshed. I'm so cramped now. I need a rain, too. He laughed. In the street, a cobblestone labyrinth more for pedestrians than autos, the light faded in the oncoming storm. How late was it? Yet Peter couldn't let Liliana go without telling her. I, I need a time and a change. His eyes bored through the wall of the shop into infinity. For a moment, Liliana remained quiet, but then she opened up. I'm tired of the bickering with mother. I hate the constant demeaning errands at work and the hassle of boring classes where the professors ignore the students and talk only to themselves. The drone of my supervisor is beyond my patience. He complains about his own problems but cares nothing for others' concerns. Liliana's protest poured out until she realized she may have said too much. She became self-conscious and turned red. Do you have a day off ever? Peter caught her energy. Um, yes, I was planning to study tomorrow, but I'm not working. She did not like the way the sentence came out. Perhaps Peter would think she was inviting herself, but Peter did it for her. 
could we go together? Where? she asked. Perhaps Alicia National Park or the Lavra. They're close by. I've been to the Raromiso Castle, but I would go again. Kiev Oblast was perhaps the oldest inhabited region in Europe. Indeed, scattered castles and ancient churches covered Ukraine. As a child, Liliana learned in school how various ruins were part of grand restorations before and after the Nazis. It was all exciting to her. How about both? Peter added with enthusiasm. Each could be a day unto itself, she criticized. No, you would not like that. If you wish to enjoy your time, stroll through museums, eat at the restaurants, then one day for each visit. She grew eager as she contemplated a plan. Liliana gave the idea more consideration. Each is lovely and exciting. The Pachursk Lavra is by far the most intriguing with deceased monks buried in glass cases far underground. It is, however, a religious place, not technically tourist. If we wish to travel the catacombs, we must respect the worshippers. Odd, I still have my taper candles from my last visit as a child. Liliana was daydreaming. Memories bubbled from her experiences as a youngster on school trips and events with her family and friends. The ancient churches, the festivals, the markets and local foods, the tapestries of Ukrainian culture. After another moment, Liliana suggested her preference. The Peterhovo Folk Culture Park is ideal for a picnic. The historic wooden buildings, which we can go into, were moved outside the city to create an open-air museum, one of the best in Ukraine. With regional artifacts, cultural interpreters, it's worth a long walk if the weather's nice. Perhaps a late dinner back in the city, too. Excellent, Peter interrupted her with boyish excitement. The sky disappeared in fits, caught between gray and white billows. Fortunately, the breeze was remarkably cool. A pleasant night seemed imminent. Peter thought that he would like another coffee, an excuse to postpone the end of his pleasant day, but Liliana warned him the coffee was too strong for her, and she must get home to her mother. Thus they made their arrangements, a day to escape to the Pirhova ethnic exhibits. She and Peter separately returned to their late afternoon plans. At his office, Peter added a few words to a continually growing report that he was writing, but Liliana skipped the majority of her work, returned home by bus, and planned to study late in the night since tomorrow would be busy with Peter. Even though the air outside was much cooler, Peter's apartment emanated the morning's accumulated heat. Peter entered the white rooms, less brilliant in the evening sun, and settled into his armchair. To dissipate the heat, he opened up a window. A lone nightingale sang in the tree outside. Perhaps the melancholy creature started early to end early and thus enjoy its sleep in the coolness of the night. Nonetheless, the forlorn song worked on Peter's nerves, once again raising his disquiet. To counter his withdrawal, he stretched out on his bed to reread a draft of the report that he had retrieved from his office. However, comfortably resting, he could not stop his reflection on Liliana, as images of her hips, her walk, her lips, and the tracing of her lovely nose turned his daydream into a fantasy. He became too relaxed and fell asleep. At home in her room, Liliana started an article she had to read for a professor. On her bed, she relaxed as well, but stayed awake. 
From her window, she could see her mother's garden and the green shoots of grass that had burst suddenly from the rain's effect. She, too, needed tomorrow. A chill descended upon Kiev that night, filling the dark places with a damp blanket of air, a remarkable respite from the high temperatures. The streets became slick with humidity as the evening sun retired. The cars pushed through the lanes and raced against the traffic lights. The heat was over. The whole city felt relief. Already in the dim city light of the late summer's evening, couples walked along the park bridge and the adjacent river walk at the edge of the Dnieper River. They wore sleeves to brace against the sudden change of the evening's temperature. Full of contentment, they wore happy faces.